All right, welcome back everybody. My name's Austin. Today we are going over the latest news involving Tether Wi-Fi token, as well as our two main stories coming out of the United States of America. Hit the like button, and as you may notice, Bitcoin is climbing today. The whole cryptocurrency market is being pulled up with it. So let's discuss the latest news. Ethereum 2.0 is on track for a November launch. This is coming right from the developers. Check this out. In a blog post summing up recent updates on the long road of Ethereum 2.0, Raul Jordan, an ETH2 developer with Ethereum infrastructure builder Prismatic Lab, which is headquartered in the US, said that should various security checks and user experience polishes take place, and I quote, November is still looking good for a launch from our perspective. So it looks like this is happening in 2020 if certain boxes are checked, and we'll get into this. But generally speaking, the current Ethereum blockchain supports around 14 transactions per second currently, and it's almost fit to burst as network utilization is at 97%, and the average cost of an Ethereum transaction is on a record streak. Well, obviously this number fluctuates. Vitalik claims that the new version of the blockchain, ETH 2.0, will eventually increase transaction speeds to 100,000 transactions per second. Eventually. Now remember, even if ETH 2.0 gets implemented this year, the full version won't be ready for two to three multiple years to come. Eventually, they're hoping for 100,000 transactions per second, though. The question is for this year, what is left to do? Well, currently, Ethereum 2.0 is in its Medalla testnet, which is a public network created by the Ethereum Foundation that acts as a sort of sandbox before the mainnet. You might remember that testnet, having recently been fixed after crashing in August, appears to be running smoothly for now. How do we know it's running smoothly? Do we have third-party verification? Well, the developer team announced that it will use the security firm Trail of Bits to perform the second security audit for its ETH 2.0 client. The first audit was done by Quantstamp. What this means to you as an Ethereum holder is that expect November for Ethereum 2.0, at least the initial release. For public transparency, the team has published a checklist of tasks that need completing to launch ETH 2.0 mainnet. So we will know the progress of Ethereum 2.0 based on this ever-updating launch checklist. And it's just a bunch of optimizations. For example, testnet has to run well for at least 10 weeks, hardware wallet support, standard APIs implementation, basic programming optimizations. As I get more information, I will keep you updated. And let's start a little poll in the comments. Do you believe Ethereum 2.0, which has been pushed back for years, do you believe it will launch in 2020? Sound off in the comments. Let's check the comments. But next piece of news, huge green flag for DeFi in the United States of America. DeFi comes to New York as Gemini lists DeFi altcoin compound, as well as Pax Gold and AMP. Now, for those of you who are unaware, the reason this is such a big deal is because New York, famous, infamous for having some of the highest standards for fintech regulation, cryptocurrency regulation, and Compound, really Compound and MakerDAO, really the poster children for DeFi, at least Compound just got the green light 
let me clue you in. Trading of these assets begin on September 15th. If you're in the area, let me know if you'll be taking part. But just as a reminder, what is COMP again? COMP, the governance token for the decentralized lending protocol compound, has a market cap of almost half a billion dollars. And governance tokens are used to vote on updates for the network. That's part of what makes Compound more decentralized than other blockchain networks. If you hold the token, you can help govern the network. Now, I would say this is a green flag for governance tokens in general, because earning so-called governance tokens like Comp, which is earned by those who lend out money on Compound, like this, is a relatively new phenomenon and this summer's DeFi craze is of a magnitude heretofore unseen, and regulators may have had issues with the coin. Turns out, New York's regulators, known for being tougher than any other state, are okay with Gemini listing the token. The DeFi revolution may be cooling off this month, but the revolution, it seems, has only just begun. I'll keep you updated. Next piece of news, update on Yearn Finance. Wi-Fi creator, Wi-Fi the token, wants to cap the token supply. Andre Kronje has proposed that Wi-Fi be capped at 30,000 tokens permanently. That would make Wi-Fi very scarce. Now, now there are 30,000 tokens. More can be minted if certain people vote to mint more. But look at this, Wi-Fi up almost 20% a day, $40,000 almost. So what is this proposed update? In an online poll today, Kronje proposed to the community, and I quote, burn the time lock on the Wi-Fi token so that no minting can ever take place again. And as I said, if the minting function is removed, the total supply of 30,000, which is what it is today, would stay that way, and those invested in the project would be unable to create more. So what did the community think about this? And just a recap, Yearn Finance, for those who forget, is a yield aggregator, meaning it shifts users' funds between different lending and liquidity protocols to get the best interest rates. Yield. Yearn Finance yield the best interest rates. But anyway, what did the community say? So far, the Yearn Finance community appears to be in agreement. On a governance poll, 99.97% have voted in favor of Cronje's proposal, to do so, voters have so far staked 333.11 Wi-Fi, currently $1.3 million staked to vote on this governance. Now, to me, of course, the people that own Wi-Fi already would want to create more scarcity. In a direct quote from one of the voters, scarcity is a massive strength and something that separates Wi-Fi from other projects with ongoing minting schedules. And he's not wrong. Let me know what you think. One thing I want to point out is just like Ethereum has Vitalik, Cardano has Hoskinson, Wi-Fi has Andre Kronje, all these decentralized protocols, while yes, it's governed by the community, they do have leaders that really influence how the ecosystem grows. Just one thing that makes Bitcoin fundamentally different. Just keep that in mind. Next piece of news, update on Tether. Tether is moving 1 billion more USDT coins from Tron to the Ethereum blockchain. And if you're asking in the grand scheme of things, how much does this matter, 1 billion coins? Well, it is around 7% of the total supply of USDT from Tron to Ethereum. So a win for Ethereum. 
The swap will be performed in two tranches tomorrow, September 15th. And generally speaking, how often do these sort of swaps happen? Well, stablecoin chain swaps are generally performed when users, you, demand to trade on one blockchain instead of the other. And issuers and exchanges usually don't make such decisions themselves, so the users generally call for this. Now, is this the first time that they moved more out of Tron back to Ethereum? It's actually happened one other time before. This would be the second massive swap of Tether from Tron to Ethereum. Last month, Tether moved 1 billion USDT of coins for the first time. So I guess just the demand is not there for Tron. And keep this in mind, Tether is not just on Tron, it's not just on Ethereum, it's on seven, I actually think eight now different platforms. And we see the breakdown right here. This is Ethereum, this is Tron, number three is Bitcoin, Tether on Bitcoin. And of course we have EOS, Bitcoin Liquid, Sidechain, Bcash, Algorand. And I believe that eighth one was Solana. Oh, also OMG Network. So generally, this is only gonna add to Ethereum's congestion in the long run, but hey, the, the community has spoken. It is what the people wanted. Next piece of news, update on Binance. Faft hints at Binance as an example of an exchange avoiding regulation. Yikes. A new report by the Financial Action Task Force, or FAFTA, details a series of red flags that can help identify illicit activities involving cryptocurrencies. Among them are a general set of guidelines involving exchanges in jurisdictions with weaker regulation, where Binance is seemingly singled out for often moving to avoid stronger regulatory oversight. Now, to be fair, they don't specifically lists, list Binance's name, but the report does detail how a particular exchange moved several times to avoid harsher policies. People are speculating that they're referring to Binance, which as you remember, Binance, which started in China, moved to Japan, eventually Malta, doesn't really have a home, so to speak. Following February 2020, reports from Maltese authorities said that the exchange was actually never licensed in Malta. Some people say Africa Seychelles, but we'll see. I mean, obviously I'm pro-innovation and I wish every regulation would ease up. So I understand Binance's point of view. I also understand FAFTA's point of view. I'll keep you updated as this story progresses. Okay, that is the video. See you tomorrow.